off the rails from the U.S. Faster Payments Council. Hello, and welcome to Off the Rails. As always, I'm your host, Reed Lutanen, Executive Director of the U.S. Faster Payments Council, and I'm excited to bring you this edition, a conversation with Summit Aurora, Senior Vice President and Head of Payments Ecosystem Enablement within Wells Fargo's Enterprise Payments Strategy Group. Summit and I are going to talk about payments modernization, the role of fintechs, and a couple of his streaming recommendations. But first, let's hit some FPC headlines. The big headline is that our fall member meeting will be here before you know it. We will be in Minneapolis, September 14th and 15th. We're accepting session proposal submissions, so if you have something you'd like to discuss with the membership, now is your opportunity to put that submission in. Also, conference registration is open, so head over to FasterPaymentsCouncil.org to register. As always, our member meetings are free for members. Also, we have two workgroups that are nearing the end of their deliverables. Our real-time recurring workgroup is preparing to publish a white paper on the beneficial characteristics desirable to recurring real-time payments. Once it's finalized and approved, that paper will be slated to be available to the public, and you'll be able to find it on our website, fasterpaymentscouncil.org. Additionally, our cross-border workgroup is preparing to publish their initial bulletin on central bank digital currencies and cross-border payments. That deliverable is intended to be members only. So if you're a member, just log into the site and you can find it. If you aren't a member, just join. It's great. Okay, enough of that. It's time for that conversation with Summit Aurora from Wells Fargo. All right, Summit, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you Reed, for having me. All right, let's just get right into it. One thing I think it's undersold is that we're going through really in many ways, what we're heading into isn't just faster payments, it's payments modernization. What does that mean to you? Well, great question to start this conversation, Reed. To me, payments modernization is not a one-time or ad hoc activity. It is rather an ongoing process and one that will continue to evolve with the transformation in other facets of the economy, like industrial modernization and technology modernization. You know, it is a journey, you know, um, a unique one for each market, each company relative to where they are at present. Um, and there is no one size fits all playbook. That said, there are some common building blocks that can facilitate the implementation of that journey. The faster payments block is right there in the center and heart of that pile of building blocks with the ecosystem acknowledging them as the foundation for driving innovation and growth. And then there are other building blocks like ISO 2022 that can help hold the framework um, of payment modernization together through enhanced data structure, extensible messaging and interoperability between domestic and international payments. Uh, we have seen a great deal of payments modernization with the need for speed in the past few years as the customers become more comfortable with digital technology. In the past, it was acceptable that payment transaction would take days, but now it could be a deal breaker. And there were approximately 120 billion faster payments transactions made globally in 2021. That's a year over year growth of roughly 65%. 
what's that if not a positive indication of payments modernization? My team at Wells Fargo is in fact writing a paper on faster payments and it, its main theme is around modernizing money movement for a business of all sizes and enabling better digital experiences for their customers. Yeah, so, so it's faster payments, but it's also digital experiences. I would think that plays out differently across maybe different use cases. So B2B is different than P2P is different than A2A. For us, payments are crucial for every kind of money movement experience, whether customers are doing their groceries or paying for a shipment of semiconductors, whether it is B2B, A2A, P2P, B2C, C2B, consumer to government, government to consumer, one or more types of faster payments may be a viable option, you know, and focusing on the payments value chain is crucial when it comes to addressing the nuances of digital experiences across all these use cases. And it's important to look at it from the customer's point of view. For example, for A2A, it is about enabling consumers to connect their linked bank accounts directly to merchants while empowering merchants to own a high degree of customer's experience. For C2B, uh, there is more and more focus on creating digital DNA or uh, biometrics for payments authentication and authorization to create a more convenient, safer way to pay that offers uh, maximum value to customers across all these payment types. We're also seeing efforts to create um, a better consumer and merchant post-purchase experience by integrating digital transaction, receipt, guarantee, and reconciliation data at both ends of the transaction. So the idea here is to make payments not just instant, but as invisible and as frictionless as anyone can to serve our communities in a better way. That's awesome. So, so where's this all going? What's the end game? <laughs> well, no one has a crystal ball, um, but if I have to summarize what I'm witnessing today, then it's all about need and speed of innovation in payments value chain to meet customers' expectation. I just mentioned the quest for making payments invisible, frictionless, and instant to serve our communities in a better way. And that requires the need for innovation in payments value chain. So technology is changing at an increasing pace. Customers' expectations are also shifting with that pace. For example, there is an expectation for a new iPhone every nine to 12 months. There are similar expectations in various forces of the economy, including financial service and especially payments. And I have to say the payments industry is responding well to that kind of expectation. The pace of payments innovation has gone into hyperdrive. I mean, the last five years have seen more innovation than past 50 combined. New innovative payment solutions are constantly challenging orthodoxies, redefining, reshaping payments value chain, taking it through a natural evolution as a result of making customers' money movement experience better and better every day. So I doubt if there is ever an end game read. It, it, is, it is essentially, I mean, it goes back to your first question, payments modernization which is an ongoing journey that will continue to evolve um, in line with technology and changing customer demands. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I think about a lot when we do our faster payments barometer is we keep asking people, you know, are you satisfied with where we are now? And we like to think that that percentage would be increasing, but the reality is as we make progress, we're continually resetting those goalposts farther out because we see, hey, now there's something that we can do better than what we're doing now. And I think that's a, that's a healthy way to be about it, right? So thinking about what can we be doing better as an ecosystem? How can we be moving the ball forward constantly um, is definitely, uh, you know, I agree. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's all good strategically, but there are also, of course, some things to think about tactically. You know, do you partner? Who do you partner with? 
if you're a financial institution, are you working with a fintech? You know, what do you, what do you want out of that relationship? Uh, what do you, what are you looking to part for in a partner? What are some things that you're thinking about like that? In my opinion, there is a tremendous opportunity between banks and fintechs. The key driver inviting partnership between bank and fintech is speed of change. Speed of change to be able to meet our customers' requirements now and their expectations quickly and adequately. From bank's perspective, we look for a fintech partner that has a customer mindset and looking for a customer outcome and not just trying to build a tech solution looking for a problem. Until five to six years ago, the answer to the question on banks versus fintech used to be a zero-sum game. It was like fintechs are going to take over the world, banks are going to go extinct. That dialogue has moved forward a bit. Now we not only have to coexist, but thrive together, right? Uh, Bank may not go best in class and everything, but we find those who do, and then we try to partner and bring them to our ecosystem to bridge those identified gaps. So the conversation has moved from a historic closed loop mindset of bank trying to do and solve for everything by themselves has moved to an import export model with fintechs where we think about what capabilities we would like to export to other people's ecosystem and what capabilities we would like to bring within our ecosystem for our customers. So those are the critical dynamics we need to work through. One of the things we are going to see on a go forward basis is that the world is going to increasingly blend digital and physical And it'll be very hard for a single company or a bank or fintech to do it all on their own. It will require an ecosystem and its management and partnership between banks and fintech. And the world will will be very different 10 years from now, obviously, uh, but it will still have place for banks and fintechs working together. Yeah, I agree. So so changing up a little bit, but still talking about collaboration, which I think you were talking about there in terms of fintechs and, and financial institutions collaborating to bring solutions forward. It was recently announced that NACHA and the Faster Payments Council are partnering on a Faster Payments Professional Accreditation Program. I know you're a big fan of that concept and this partnership, so why is that? True innovation can only build upon true knowledge of faster payment industry. That's why I'm a big fan of this concept, period. Um, I mean, any such certification program in a field, regardless of the industry, ensures professionals have a baseline level of knowledge in that field, not just AAP certification on ACH payments knowledge and APRP certification programs for exceptional payment system risk knowledge are great examples of that concept. I'll be stating the obvious here, but there was a vacuum and therefore a huge opportunity for a similar program in the faster payments landscape. It's been a minute since the first faster payment system got launched in the US back in 2017, right? And the market options for solutions have been growing ever since at a rapid pace. But what about a formal education program that was missing. I realized that opportunity years ago and you and I have talked about it a couple of times previously. And I've also mentioned this to Jane last year. This program can help in recruiting where I'm no longer taking a leap of faith, but actually looking at someone's certificate to authenticate their knowledge. You know, this program can also help in training and upscaling of our workforce in a methodic manner. And also it was not only about filling this gap of educational program, but also ensuring the right organization or the right partnership comes forward to do so. And I'm quite excited to see FPC and NACHA forming an alliance for this cause. Um, These two organizations are rightly placed to lead this course given their history, their experiences, their credibility, their reach, uh, their charters and contribution toward the faster payments ecosystem. In my opinion, sounds very promising and looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm obviously very excited about it. It's very, uh, you know, it's all new, but I think it's going to be a great experience for the FPC. It's going to be a great partnership for us to work with NACHA on the program. And the, the other thing that I, I think about when I think about certification programs is when you're out looking to hire somebody, it should be, it shouldn't be just about who you know, it should be about what you know, right? And so I think certification programs like this allow for us to ensure that we're, we're filtering based on the quality of the candidate, not just the connections of the candidate. So I think that can be another really valuable thing about this in the faster payment space for sure. All right, let's play a game. You ready for a game? Let's play buy or sell, okay? Okay. So you know the game. I'm gonna throw out some propositions. You're gonna let the audience know whether you buy or sell and then tell us a little bit about why. So the first one, there's, there's plenty of time for financial institutions to get on board and build out their faster payment solutions. Sell, big time sell. If someone has not already started their faster payments journey, then there is no time like now. Um, given the rapidly evolving payment landscape and customer ex expectations in the pre-pandemic world, FIs were looking at payments modernization as the switch to gear up for six trillion US dollars as the projected value of go global contactless faster transaction by 2024. COVID-19 only infused incremental pressure and special focus for providing instant contactless electronic payments, accelerating the build out and adoption of faster payments. So get onto this bandwagon right now. That's uh, a big sell from Summit. All right, next one. The United States has an opportunity, opportunity to emerge as a leader in terms of faster payments usage and the adoption of various faster payments use cases. Bye. We are the largest global economy, but the potential economic benefits of faster payments still remain untapped. Um, I see that as an opportunity and I'm bullish on growth in faster payments for the US market to accelerate in the coming years. And banks, other financial services and payments processor may soon need to pick up the pace on their current measured preparations. All right, it's a big buy from Summit. All right, here's one stepping away from payments for a second. Spending time giving back to our community is every bit as important as what we do for our job. Buy, buy and buy. <laughs> From company's perspective, Wells Fargo ins invested uh, 175 million in Wells Fargo diversity community capital to help small business owners create local jobs. The bank um, gave charitable contribution totaling 475 million in 2020 without getting into the specificities. All of that is available on a community engagement webpage. But on a personal level, I'm guilty of not starting sooner, but in the last, a few years I've become an active member and trustee of a local Indo-American foundation where we are engaged in several social service initiatives, including uh, raising funds for a section of community that needed financial support during the pandemic, um, arranging free medical camps for otherwise expensive medical tests and distributing free medical devices like oximeter and blood pressure machine, etc. My foundation and I have also been working with and supporting local food banks twice a year for over 2,000 people. There's nothing more satisfying than giving back to community read. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. And I think the last couple of years, if they've shown us anything, they've shown us that there are needs out there in the healthcare system that that we can help fulfill. You know, with our with the resources that we all have as individuals and some of the free time we have outside of you know everything else we've got going on. So that's awesome. Uh, Let's go back into payments for a little bit. There are some use cases that just aren't appropriate for faster payments by yourself. So 
There is no use case that is not appropriate for faster payments. Of course, um, there may be a few use cases that might require extra due diligence and benefit analysis. But as I mentioned earlier, our focus should always be on customer experience. And the bottom line is customers more on faster payments. Our job is to make sure those use cases are fit for purpose and fit for use. All right, that's a, a sell. FinTechs are a threat to traditional banks, buy or sell? So, like I said before, there is a tremendous partnership opportunity. It is an import-export model. We coexist and we thrive together. Man, I am not getting many buys here. And I don't think this, I don't, I'm, my gut says this is going to be a sell too. The biggest impact to financial institutions from instant payments is the speed. Your guess is right. It's a big sell. Well, it is one of the most common myths, Reed. Um, it is not just speed. There is an opportunity to develop new value-added services as a competitive differentiator with more than half of the faster payments revenue coming from the digital overlay services or what we also call as value-added services, example, fraud analytics, directory services, tokenization, access services. Faster payments represent a significantly different business model than traditional payments a model such as card network. We also talked about ISO 2022 earlier in this conversation that can help hold the framework of payment modernization together. So it's a sell. Another sell. All right, well, you have successfully navigated the buy or sell round. Congratulations. Ooh, thank let's, you. Let's move right into the lightning round. Are you ready? I am. All right. Give me something you see coming in the industry that we should be paying more attention to. Yes, um, and that's rising activity levels in the account-to-account -account space with many pilot efforts underway in the US payments fintech ecosystem. It is, however, interesting to see that few financial institutions are demonstrating a willingness to um, play in this space and decrease their own revenue in order to maintain top of wallet position in order to grow merchant relationships and own the distribution of payments to consumers. We should be paying more attention to that. All right. We have a lot of listeners with young kids. I know you have a couple. Give us a binge-worthy show that's great for the whole family. Bonus points if it's available on Netflix because they're an FPC member. For the whole family? For the whole oh, family. That's a tough one. See, my kids are really young. They're practically toddlers. Uh, that makes it even more difficult to pick something for a collective in time. Uh, I would have picked Man with a Plan. It's a sitcom and was on Netflix until a few months ago, but not anymore. Not sure, Reed, if you've ever seen that. No. Um, no? Uh, you should. If my kids were young teenagers, I would have invited them to watch Cobra Kai with us. My wife and yeah. I binge-watched that, and we loved it. Oh, yeah. Great great nostalgia there for those of us who <laughs> were, were kids in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Agreed. All right. Bold prediction for a use case for faster payments that will emerge in the next year or so? In my opinion, that would be text to pay via account to account channel built on faster payments rail. Quite a combination, isn't it? All right. The more complicated, the more fun. <laughs> All right, one of your kids is into gymnastics. Who's their favorite gymnast? Well, Reed, both my kids are into gymnastics. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I and I'm pretty positive their favorite gymnast is the gymnastic instructor. Okay. Uh, th that is their benchmark for now. That's probably a good way to start. Yeah. All right. What's something that happened in payments recently that you think is a strong sign, whether positive or negative, for what's to come? 
A major trend we are seeing is the move toward a cashless society. In that vein, digital asset space has been picking up. The latest paper from Fed on Central Bank Digital Currency or CBDC is gaining a lot of traction and the payments ecosystem is watching that closely. It is a strong sign for what's to come next. Positive or negative is yet to be evaluated, but that's that's something I would highlight. All right. Well, hey, final thoughts before we let our listeners go. Payments is the pulse of global economic growth. It is the bloodline of any economy or commerce or our day-to-day life. The payment experiences and consumer behavior witnessed a significant shift from an in-person to virtual and digital at a very, very quick pace driven by the necessity of it in the last 24 months. Faster payment is a core component of those experiences and behaviors that have started to become business as usual. All things considered, I imagine that the post-COVID-19 faster payments ecosystem might include globally integrated clearing and settlement frameworks and open platform channels that offer maximum customer access, adaptability, and comfort. So exciting times ahead for payments and society at large. And I'm happy to be here to witness all of that firsthand. Definitely agree. It's lots of excitement ahead for us. Thank you so much for joining us, Summit. It's a great conversation. Well, thank you, Reed, for having me. It is always a pleasure chatting with you. Well, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the conversation I just had with Summit. Uh, and also check out past episodes by subscribing to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. And check out all the deliverables from the Faster Payments Council at fasterpaymentscouncil.org. See you guys next time. Mm-hmm.